And it's everything Vince Russo hates, but there's a reason Vince Russo doesn't work in the wrestling industry anymore. There's a reason. You know? And I, I'm not here to Russo bash or anything, but come on, man. NXT. Welcome to So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. Every Wednesday from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, James, Josh, Kramer, AJ, Brian, and the one and only Chirk Berserk get together to discuss a wide variety of topics across the sports world. During these discussions, we let our opinions fly with a dash of comedy. And now, here's your show, So What's the Catch? <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, we're good. Oh, we're live now. This yeah. is a, a great start. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're buying already. Feels good to be back. My mic's yeah. not even on. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah I can. Oh, you're not plugged in. Jeez. Yeah, you're not plugged in, man. Come on. I'm a little chirking over here too. Get with oh, the picture. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. Welcome to this show. We got new bumpers and stuff, and uh, still the same old product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we run a new intro that I just recorded like yesterday or something, and we're still off to the same start. It's it's about right. It's about mm. on par for our show. Not the same start. I mean, we had a nice intro. Nothing changed. <laughs> if our production volume was as good as our production yeah. effort, it would be pretty good. <laughs> that would be a that'd be a great step in the right direction. But uh, some interesting college football uh, news: possible alliance. Yeah. Possible alliance. The Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC are talking about forming an alliance to combat what the SEC is doing. So, what are your thoughts? So basically, which one's Jim? Which one's Dwight? And who said you want to form an alliance? Jim <laughs> said absolutely I do. Which one's which? That's a good point because that's about how much thought I feel like was put into this. But yeah. but it, it's not even, you know, it's a reactionary move to what was already a bad idea. In what way? I never thought the SEC needs to you know keep swallowing up all these little teams and, or or it, it doesn't need to. I don't know. All be all grouped. Little. I think, I mean, we're in a world where super conferences are just the inevitable future of college football. And, I, I mean, I, I like the idea of trying to compete with the SEC, but for the Big Ten, I'd rather join the SEC than form a super conference with the ACC and Pac-12. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State's playing Oregon this year, but who else is there in the Pac-12? Right. Right? Washington on a good year. Isn't Cal? Uh, the yeah. legacy of USC, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Berkeley? What was that? Cal Berkeley. Cal? Cal yeah. Berkeley. Yeah. Um, Is Marshawn Lynch playing? No. Okay, then. And then, <laughs> other than Clemson, uh, who is there in the ACC? Uh, Florida State. Yeah. Uh, they've been not so great lately. But that's just it's just a brand. It's all yes. it is. And I guess you could throw in Miami, Florida in that case, son. The U. Yep, the U. But it's, it's, it's just... Brands, but I, I look at this. I'm just like, how does this make any team not named Ohio State? How does it help them at all? And it doesn't. It, it, it yeah. doesn't solve any of the problems. Like, it's like all these little rule changes they're trying to make it, and they're trying to make all these different uh, groupings and stuff. And it's they want to make a more interesting product, and they want better postseason. Um, but n- neither of those are getting addressed. Is the SEC pulling like a European Super League right now? Yes, they are. That's what I, that's what it seems like to me. Like it, the SEC is scooping up. I mean, Texas, Oklahoma, all these great universities. It's the, like 
what do we do at this point? You the know, one caveat is Texas and Oklahoma won't be joining the SEC until like the 2024 or 2025 season, something like that. But even when they do, it, they are just going to like push all the other crappy teams in that conference down because they're a middle-of-the-road SEC team. Is it just like a money grab for them right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, it's trying to stay relevant, too, when your product on the field isn't that great, you know. So For Texas, that's been the case for like almost 15 years now? Right. They're just clinging on to history right now. I mean, unless it's basketball. What? No. Huh? I said unless it's basketball, they're okay. Yeah. That's fair. But, it, you know, the money usually comes from football. Yeah. Yeah. Football's where the money is. The SEC is a football conference, no doubt. I mean, the Big Ten, uh, like, I mean, most of us here are Big Ten fans. Have, yeah. I mean, I I like where the Big Ten's at right now with the teams that are in the Big Ten. I, I don't – I just don't see any benefit to any of the lower-tier teams in the Big Ten to, for, for them to have even more of these, you know, universities thrown into the mix. I just think that it would be bad for the lower half of the Big Ten. I mean, most of the teams you're going to be adding here are just going to be adding, like, more Maryland, more Rutgers. Right. Or, right. like, on, on a good day, on a good – Season, maybe you get a team the caliber of like a, a down Wisconsin team, right? Or like a Penn State. Yeah, Big Ten got lucky when we took Big uh, Penn State. You know, they're they're a perennial powerhouse, really. Yeah, I would say so. And but and it, t- but Rutgers and Maryland, I mean, that's not turning out the same. So oh, the no, they're terrible. The right. only thing I'll push back on with Maryland is, yeah, they're not great with football, but I love watching like Maryland against. Wisconsin in basketball or Maryland against Michigan State in basketball, Maryland, Michigan, Maryland, Ohio State. You get my idea. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy those games. I think those games are really fun to watch. They usually come down right down to the wire. I love watching Maryland home games with their tradition of switching from red to yellow. So I'm not a Maryland fan. I'm just saying I love Maryland Who basketball. Who are you a fan of? In the Big Ten? Yeah. Penn State. Penn State? Yes. How come? Uh, The reason I am a Penn State fan is because you remember everything with the Jerry Sandusky scandal and all that. So why does that make you a fan? Yeah, let me hitch my wagon to that one. (laughs) Uh, No, 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 no. I don't support what Jerry Sandusky did, obviously. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. Listen, listen, Captain Smith, you're going out with the Titanic here. Okay. (laughs) We went went through this once before. Yeah, we we did. did. Yeah, we have. Because I I dumped on Penn State one day, and I still do. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you explained why you were a fan then. You said something about... It's because I really enjoyed watching them, like... Overcome that whole situation. I'm gonna start calling you rerun. How do you <laughs> they How did do rebuild their football program quickly, all things considered, for the punishments that were laid upon mm. them. So I, I do that, get what you're saying that's there. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah. like overall, when you're looking at like what you're looking for in terms of adding teams to a conference, it's not basketball that you're focusing on. Right. Like, nah. Basketball is cool in April and March and whatever in February. The the whole thing leading up through it, but. How many people are like, it's November, it is appointment television, college basketball. Right. No, that's not happening. I like basketball. I don't even do that. What if, like, Duke Carolina is on? Maybe. That's different. Maybe. yeah. That's a maybe. But if if it happens to be the same day as an NFL game or an NBA game or literally just about anything else, people aren't tuning in. Unless they're Duke or North Carolina fans. And with a, a tournament for basketball and with a playoff for football, I mean, what do these conferences even mean at this point other than the automatic qualification into the tournament, you know? Right. It, it's the the value of winning a conference in basketball isn't as high as winning the tournament, obviously. So. so 
if this alliance happens, and we're obviously getting the SEC power conference, I guess, if you will, or super conference, does that, do you think that means the 12-team playoff format that was being discussed is in the garbage? I, I was actually just about to say that, that I think this makes it hit up against a wall because the plan that was going around, I'm just reading now, was uh, to say the plan that was most popular is in the six top-ranked conference champions, six other highest-ranked at-large teams. So in this situation, that's nobody wants to have like a you know a, a tournament with three fourths SEC teams. Right. Well, it, would, it would basically be the the five conference champions that non SEC teams, and the other seven teams would be SEC teams. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It, it would be it would be the college football championship. It would be the SEC Invitational at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so pretty much that idea has <clears throat> hit a brick wall, and it's. I don't know. Like I said, not only does it not help the playoff, it's actually actively hurting the idea of expanding the playoff. Right. I Which, mean, if that's the case, I'm all for then. So let's go Super SEC Yeah, that's league. true. I mean, me Super and you SEC. most don't really like the 12-team idea, but I don't. I didn't want to go about it this way. <laughs> <laughs> how would you have wanted to go about it then? You know what? Ne- never mind. This is how I wanted to go about it. <laughs> I am actively destroying... Uh, the NCAA plans from the inside, okay? I went in and I'm like, look, I got some coaches' ears, made some things happen, and my whole plan is just to crash that 12-team playoff. I like it. Hey, wait a second. I'm just noticing. Turk's not wearing his sunglasses today. Yeah, today I just was, uh, I don't know. Just oh, no, now, now, now they're Trick on. is in there. He's keeping it cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you did say you would keep that look going. I do keep that look Where's going. Where's the hat? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. I don't know where the hat is, but uh, yeah, I was just like, um, I was just like, yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> I was just here like in the berserk box. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, is it hour two already? Like, no, no, it, it, this it is still feels like one. hour two don't, already. Don't worry, we got special music to let you know hour two is upon us. Yeah, oh, great. I was, <laughs> I was just like, I was. Uh, I was just uh, that, that's that's about fifty minutes away I'm, still. I'm, so I'm, don't worry. I'm cool now. I'm cool now. Uh, so none of us are really a big fan of the alliance. What alternative does the Big Ten have? I guess does anybody have any any recommendations <laughs> for what the Big Ten can do? Do we scoop up a couple big teams like the SEC did and try to compete, well, or, other or do than we Notre stay put? Da- other than Notre Dame, what big teams are left? There, there aren't any. So unless you can somehow get the flirtation that's going on between the Big Ten and Notre Dame for like what thirty years, yeah, to the last actually come together and be something, there's not really anyone you could do. So the only real solution for the Big Ten outside of any team not named Ohio State is just get better. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because Ohio State's basically gifted a chance and an opportunity to be in the playoff every year. Yeah. It's every team get better to stop it just being Ohio State time. Right. So you have your, your edict teams out there. Get better. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but you look at some of these teams, I mean, Wisconsin, you know what Wisconsin's always going to be. They're always going to be like 8-4, and 9-3, and three, uh, run-dominant team that runs their running back on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan's generally about that same level, maybe gets to a 10-2 and two every once in a while, maybe an 11-1. and one. Penn State is in that same range as well. Then you have like the teams like Michigan State that are lower tier, but sometimes surprise. Yeah, and Indiana, teams like that, that every once in a while they'll put a good team together and make a run at you know, the West, but... It, 
at this point, it's just Ohio State's show. Right. Big time. I mean, and, you know, I'm not mad about that at all. I mean, they can just keep being the Ohio State show, and I'm all for it. I'm fine I'm with sure that. you are, yeah. Uh, Ohio um, State show? I'd like to introduce you to our Lord and Savior, Ryan Day. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Ten is, The Big Ten's a strong conference, though, not just in football, but in hockey and baseball and basketball. You know, it's a very strong athletic conference, so... I don't think that, like, the future is bleak for the Big Ten, but I do think that the SEC is pulling a European Super League and they're destroying college football. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's, that's exactly what it's going to play out in, in some kind of way because, like, right now they're all fighting for these TV deals. Mm-hmm. But these TV deals, that, that's eventually going to go, like, you know, the way of the VCA, uh, VCR right. because we're going to be streaming our games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's going to be, you know, new deals, new kind so. Everything's kind of in flux right now, it feels like. Yeah, it, it, it really, truly is. And uh, I think, you know, we'll see how this all develops over time. We'll see, you know, what actually progresses in terms of alliances, super leagues, super conferences, ridiculously expanded playoffs. And I'm sure when that happens, we'll all have a conversation about it, maybe agree, maybe disagree. But with that being said, we need to hit to a commercial. Uh, we come back, we've got a whole lot of basketball stuff that go over because a lot of stuff happened over the past week. Yeah. Yeah. We are who we thought we were. So what's the catch on All Sports Cleveland? Hey, it's Church the Berserker. You're in the Berserk box being a hard worker. We got James. Guess what? He knows all the names. Just sit back and relax. You got Unger to the max. This show will never get any lamer, because you can't find anybody as entertaining as Kramer. Now, AJ, he is the true fighter. You'll never meet anybody who is a better writer. In this show, you don't have to worry about Ryan, because we got a champ, and his name is Brian. Join us every Wednesday at 2 for authentic personalities, because you know, all we'll just be dishing out is just the realities. When Snow Coats for Kids Cleveland has raised over $3.2 million and distributed over 500,000 coats in Northeast Ohio since opening in 1981. Our goal for 2013 is to obtain 25,000 new or gently used coats and raise $125,000 to purchase more coats. We need your help. Your gift of $100 will provide six new coats to children in need. Check out our website at coatsforkidscleveland.org for a list of collection locations or to make a donation. Coats for Kids Cleveland, helping to make every child feel warm this winter season. You wanted the best? Well, too bad. You're stuck with us. It's So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. Hour two on So What's the Catch is when things get weird. I remember the moment. moment. I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. A storage tank ruptured, and for miles, chemicals were pushing up against the riverbanks. This was a big, big deal, and it was going to have a serious impact on communities up and down the river. I remember the moment this local guy came up to me and said, they call the guard out for this stuff? You probably thought we were all about hurricanes, tornadoes, fighting Mother Nature. Hey, it's a chemical spill. It's a disaster. It affects the water supply, threatens wildlife. We're talking about the health of entire communities and people's livelihoods. You bet we're ready for these kinds of things. We were out there with booms to prevent the spill from expanding. We were responsible for protecting and monitoring the sensitive wetlands. I also remember the moment that same guy came up to me and said, I don't know what we would have done if they hadn't called the guard up. 
Learn more about how you can protect your friends, families, neighbors, and the environment. Everything that makes up your community. Go to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters in this station. Right now, nearly 30% of U.S. students aren't finishing high school. In many places, it's even higher than that. And fixing it is a responsibility that we all share. This is President Obama, and I urge everyone to take responsibility for encouraging the high school students in your communities, to support them, challenge them, and do whatever it takes to help them make it through. Do your part by going to BoostUp.org and giving a student the boost that's needed to make it to graduation. A message from the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Imagine me, a dog, moving in with a human. I didn't know how it would work. Turns out, my human's pretty entertaining. For instance, every time I give my human his ball, he throws it as far as he can. And I'm like, dude, that's your ball. So I go get it. But he just throws it. Again. I gotta say, though, the more he does it, the funnier it is. I love my human. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Radio show. This radio show is written by some... My dad came to live with us last month, and you know, it's going pretty well. I feel like I never have time for myself. With him being around more, it really lets us catch up on things. His memory isn't what it used to be. We get up and we have coffee. He usually wakes up at 4.30. Then we go for a walk. He needs lots of my attention. I do need to keep an eye on his medications, though. That's important. Sometimes I feel like a pharmacist. I'd say John and the kids are adjusting pretty well. They honestly have no idea what I'm going through. It can be a little challenging. Help. But so far, so good. I could really use just a little help. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You wanted the best? Well, too bad. You're stuck with us. It's So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. Loving the new bumpers. Yeah, I'm liking them. And now that I know the spirit of it, it's even better. I didn't get one done yet, but now that I know the spirit and that we're having fun with them, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, because I was going to do one serious, like, oh, back on, you know, all sports Cleveland, so what's the catch? Now I'm going to go have fun with it. So this is going to keep going. You like my comedic tone? Yeah. And good job on the commercial, Chirk. Yeah, good job on the commercial there, Chirk. I heard it was good. I didn't get to hear it, but I heard it was good. Yeah, (laughs) dude, get some headphones. You definitely rhymed for 30 seconds straight and made it sound good all right well we are back here on so what's the catch and we are saying a salute to general basketball (sighs) general basketball yes and we are starting with carmelo anthony he says that not being drafted by the pistons changed the course of his career and he also said on the all smoke podcast i think if i was there they win another title i think we'd go back to back if i'm there uh, counterpoint, they win zero if they draft Carmelo. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I agree. You think they win zero? I think they win zero yes. because yeah. if Carmelo's on that roster, that means he's taking up minutes that were previously occupied or not occupied by Darko and various other players on that team. Yeah. Maybe they own they don't Rasheed. Tr- they don't trade for Rasheed Wallace. Also, shout out another birthday buddy for me, Rasheed Wallace. Um, oh, yeah, it's my aunt's 60th birthday. Hey, happy birthday to her. Happy birthday. But anyways... They don't trade for Sheed if they have Carmelo. 
And you know what happens? That team doesn't have that attitude. It doesn't have that extra energy. It doesn't have yeah. that extra just kind of In your face. Vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, when, if you go back and watch those Pistons intros from those that era, they were electric. Uh, Speaking of the Pistons, I saw you watched it, um, The Malice. Yeah, I watched it yesterday. That was good. I uh, thought it was good. He hated it. I hated it. It, it was just a Pacers pity party. It I was. I stand it. It was. I'm Why not even a basketball fan. I just thought it was good because it's a good documentary. Was it informative? Yes, it was informative. It was very it was one-sided. Just like, it was very one-sided. Yeah. It was just like, Where uh, is this documentary? It. Netflix. It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. We're, we're going to blame the guy that threw the beer, but we're not mm-hmm. going to blame Ron Artest for hard following Ben Wallace. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to blame all of the, the fans in Detroit for being all liquored up mm-hmm. and all of the um, people being just aggressive. It's like, don't hard follow and none of this happens. You know they were I mean? already up at that point. Yeah, the game was already over. And yeah. apparently someone said, oh, now's the time to go eat your foul, Ron Artest. Yeah. Why would you say that? To Ron Artest. To, to Ron. All people. Or uh, as we now know him, Meta World Peace. I think the reason the documentary looked like that is because that was probably the only way they could get the players to agree to be on there. Well, those four, sure. Yeah, yeah now that you mention it, because they did get them pretty involved in that. And otherwise, they probably would have been like, no, we're good. I want to What's the name of this documentary? It's, uh, it's... Malice at the Palace. Just search for that. Yeah. All right. I'll it's, it's under like a documentary. It's probably like series. one of the top trending ones. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll wa- I want to watch it. it. Incredibly one-sided. I was not a fan. I just wanted to hear both sides. They had like five minutes of Ben Wallace in the middle. Yeah. But my big issue is it took 25 minutes to get to the game. It did. 25 minutes of build-up. I don't need all this backstory. Give me five minutes. I feel bad for Jermaine O'Neal, time. though, because he could have been I got a different level if he didn't get involved in all that. But Pretty much Metal World Peace, too. I mean, I mean... I mean, sure, but I mean, the way I look at it is they're, the lens that they put the entire thing through, they're like, well, we were going to win the title. That, you know, First of all, you don't know that. No. One. Two, that Pistons team was still better than that Pacers team. And let's say the Pacers did get to the finals, they would still lose to the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so this is the 2000. This is oh, the chance for the Pistons to go back to back. Right. Mm. Okay, so 2005. Let me ask you a question, actually. It's. I'm not, you know, a huge basketball fan, but yeah. now that you bring that up, uh, that, that team wouldn't have that vibe, it kind of brings in mind. I, I always feel like, yeah, there's certain teams that have, like, a vibe or a feeling that you can't put into words, but they have, like, you know, this drive mm-hmm. to win. The and it. The it factor. And I guess what I'm getting to is, um, do you <coughs> believe in the it factor? Do you think that's a real thing or it's just hype? It is a thing. It's Absolutely. A, definitely a thing. Not always. It is a thing because you can tell when a team has it. That team- Detroit Pistons team is the epitome of it. I mean, I think that's the perfect example. I yeah. Mean, uh, they had such an identity, you know. It was the going-to-work Pistons. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everything just clicking for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know when we won here in Cleveland, that was, you know, an identity team. Mm-hmm. They were they were going after a goal. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But there, there are plenty of teams that don't have it, and you can see them. The current Cavs team is a version of a team that doesn't have it. No. No. Yeah. I don't know what they have. I, I would even argue the Bucks really didn't have it. They were a team that was good, but they didn't have it yet. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree with that. Yeah. I will say, um, until Giannis had that 50-point game in Game 6, I thought Chris Middleton was going to win Finals MVP, to be honest with you. I think the it factor is the thing that brings you back from the 3-1 to one when you're in the series, the Cavs against the Warriors. It does. And you're down. That's, that's the only reason you can come back from that, when you were playing for something. The, mm-hmm. the it factor for teams is when, ultimately what ends up in an iconic play. Yeah. For LeBron, it was the block. For Kyrie, it was the shot. Yeah. For Ray. Going back to that Pistons team, it was Tayshaun Prince's block on Reggie Miller's layup, which is very similar to LeBron's block on Andre Iguodala. It was. And, and for, for the 2013 Miami Heat team, it was that Ray Allen three-pointer. 
like for the Cavs, it was like after that happened though, and they got that championship, they they lost that drive. Still had an okay roster, uh, okay, you know, not as good. Mm-hmm. But then moving forward, it was almost like that was the Achilles' heel that they couldn't win another one because you know they lost the it factor. I really do believe in that a lot. It's also because the Warriors said, "Oh no, we won seventy three games, but we couldn't beat the Cavs. We need to add Kevin Durant." Mm-hmm. What you mean, Mike Dunleavy is not going to be the answer? Yes, well, they, they had. A, they had a mission at that point, too, to come back and beat the Cavs. Yeah. I mean, Draymond Green even said in an interview, like, I want to destroy Cleveland. Yeah, without those kind of storylines, sports just is nothing for me. That's what does it for me. Right. So, Christmas has always been synonymous with the NBA for the most part. Oh, really? Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, all right over there, jerk? Yeah, I'm doing okay. What are you oh. thinking, though? What am I thinking? Yeah, what'd you say? Thinking, uh, just the that Mouse the Palace documentary, I really got to check out, and yeah. Okay. Check it out. We'll uh, we'll do a recap next week. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it over the weekend. Yeah, I'll give it a shot over the weekend. Um, so, um, in terms of sports, recently the NFL has been trying to break into Christmas, but for the most part, I feel like everybody thinks of the NBA when it comes to Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not for long. Ah, football. Not mm, for long. Not for long. You're right. Well, okay. Only for me. I don't watch football that much. So. Okay. But we got some good games for Christmas, with the most notable being a possible finals preview as Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and uh, James Harden will travel to Staples Center to take on the tri- unlikely trio of LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook. So what are the chances like two-thirds of those guys aren't playing that game? I think they're pretty good. <laughs> um... I say either James Harden is out with hamstring, and then AD is probably out with miscellaneous. And, yeah, and Kyrie is doing something. Yeah, yeah Kyrie's right. probably like going. So crazy. it's just KD and Blake Griffin versus Westbrook, LeBron, and Melo. Yes, basically. So Melo is probably gonna get a championship this year. They're. I feel like they're. They have a good, have a good chance at one. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's it's the all-time slow team, but sure. Yeah. Definitely. And then the NBA also released its opening week games. The Bucks are going to open their season at home against Harden, Kyrie, and the Nets, and also KD. Is it just me? And again, if I'm wrong, it's because I don't know a lot about basketball, but it seems like in all these sports, like the schedules come out so much quicker than they used to. They make a much bigger deal out of the schedule ahead of time. Yeah. I, I just think it's with a, the amount of content that's available now. You have to fill it with something. So the, these new world. schedule release shows are like people desperate for any kind of NFL the, or NBA content. The only thing is with Major League Baseball, they release their schedule before the current season is over. Like, they already released next season's schedule for the soon-to-be Cleveland Guardians. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Like... Yeah, but you don't look at an MLB schedule and pick individual games. Maybe a series here and there, but it's not as important as one game is in the NBA right now. You have to look at it from the perspective of the volume of games and the amount of planning Mm -hmm. each team has to do once the schedule comes out. Because now they have to arrange travel arrangements for planes and hotels and pretty much everything else they got to do to take care of. That entire season. Yeah. That's just, it's a standalone sport, honestly. Baseball, it's so different from any other sport. I'm just saying, I I like it when a team wins a championship that they get to open the next season at home so they can raise their championship banner and celebrate with their fans and all that. I like that idea. 
I like the idea, but I think just the logistics of yeah. having to plan out the 162-game seasons. Uh, it's, so it's a different beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And we'll have some more baseball talk in hour two of the show where it gets weird, but we got to hit a break and we come back. Uh, something I know basically nothing about, and that's combat sports, so uh, stick around. <laughs> He's lying. Once said, a hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a little boy's shoulder to let him know that he isn't alone in the world. Do you feel that with great power comes great responsibility? Are you interested in changing kids' lives by giving them hope? Then perhaps you should consider being a hero. Superheroes to Kids in Ohio continues to make costume visits to children's hospitals, special needs centers, and various charitable events whenever they are needed, all in an attempt to bring a few smiles to kids and people in need of hope. You can find out more at superheroes to kids in Ohio.com. Votes for Kids Cleveland was started in 1981 by local radio station employees. Since then, we have raised over $3.25 million and distributed over 500,000 coats in Northeast Ohio through the Salvation Army and more than 75 other social service agencies. All donated coats are cleaned by Sintas prior to distribution. Our goal for 2013 is to acquire 25,000 new or light new coats and raise $125,000. Your generous gift of $100 will purchase six new coats for children in need. Call our office today at 216-986-8957 to make a donation or check out our website at coatsforkidscleveland.org to find a list of drop-off locations and hear about our sponsored raffles and contests. If you have a child in need of a coat, you can register with the Salvation Army of Greater Cleveland along with their Christmas registration. For time and date and location information, contact the Cleveland Area Salvation Army at 216-861-8185. At Coats for Kids Cleveland, we hope to make every child feel warm this holiday season. Home of Lake County Captains Baseball. Isaac scores and the captains walk it off on opening night. We are the talk of the land. AllSportsCleveland.com. Valley View, Cleveland. Here at the Ohio Media School, we offer hands-on coursework taught by broadcasting professionals. Would you trade $10 to get almost $10,000 in gift cards redeemable at hundreds of places around town? Of course you would. And how incredible would it be if a portion of that $10 was used to support some amazing nonprofits? Nonprofits like Awakening Angels, Beautiful Faces, Easter Seals, these nonprofits, and more. You get to save money and nurture your community. Join us today at UniteThisCity.com and embrace what makes our community different. Brought you on, we took a chance on you. When Frank DeLorenzo returned home from Iraq, things did not go smoothly. DeLorenzo was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and a traumatic brain injury. But DeLorenzo found an unusual solution, Sophie. Sophie is a pit bull rescued from the Cleveland Kennel. With proper training, Sophie can now remind DeLorenzo when to take his medication, wake him from his nightmares, and essentially watch his back. With all the success DeLorenzo had with Sophie, he decided to start Wax for Warriors, a nonprofit-based organization in Northeast Ohio started to help service men and women that have been affected by their combat experience. They work with local rescue organizations to match the veteran with an appropriate dog and provide all the training and support with no cost to the veteran. To find out how you can support Wags for Warriors, call 330-285-3941. Again, that number is 330-285-3941. Welcome to So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. Every Wednesday from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, James, Josh, Kramer, AJ, Brian, and the one and only... You're listening to the flagship home of Lake County Captains Baseball. 
We are the talk of the land. AllSportsCleveland.com. Valley View, Cleveland. Welcome back to So What's the Catch here on All Sports Cleveland. And we are going to get into some UFC and boxing. So on, I think it was Saturday night, we had a boxing event. We had Joshua Franco against Andrew Maloney for a belt. But we're going to start with Muhammad Ali's grandson making his professional debut. So Brian and AJ, what did you guys think of his, of, uh, his performance? Uh, it was a good performance. Uh, the opponent was obviously outmatched, but uh, nonetheless, he did good. He got the stoppage in the first round. But I just need to see him go against somebody that's a better fighter than the other guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, first round KO, he couldn't have showed out any better than he did. But I also would like to see him go deep into a fight before making any kind of judgment of, you know, the young man's future. Yeah. yeah. We know he's related to Ali, but can he last yeah. deeper in the fight? And I think he said in the post fight that the shorts he was wearing were originally given to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And that he'll never wear them again. That's super special. Yeah. So then in the main event, we had Joshua Franco retaining his title. I forget which belt it was. Do you remember? No, it's too many. Too (laughs) many. Too many to keep track of in boxing. Well, he retained his title against Andrew Maloney um, in a trilogy fight. Franco just outclassed him at times. Yes, it was... Very, very, it was a very good fight. Um, very close, I thought in the beginning, but as it got later in the round, I'm like, yeah, he obviously is going to win this. Yeah, Franco outclassed him at the end of the day, but um, I kind of agree with what he was saying at the beginning of the fight looked better, and yeah, as things went on, kind of got a little different. But there shouldn't be. Maybe there's st- there could have still been a trilogy, but if you go back and watch that second fight, there was no headbutt. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I didn't see it either. You went back and you know the second fight. Yeah, that, yeah okay. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I didn't see the headbutt there. Yeah. yeah. I saw it when they kept replaying it. I'm like, nobody headbutted anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a, what, 18-minute review or something? Almost. Right. It's like, how do you spend that much time on a review and not get it right? Yeah. No. And still screw it up. Right. And then we have another big boxing title fight on Saturday as Manny Pacquiao will fight Ugas. You talked a little bit about this fight on the show last week. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot more excited about this fight um, than I originally was. Um, I, I know that it's not the matchup that Spence was going to be, but I, I actually think this is a better matchup for Pacquiao. I think that Errol Spence would outclass Pacquiao at his age. I think Pacquiao actually has a shot with Ugas. Um, I gotta be honest. So the only fight I've seen at Ugas was his split decision with Sean Porter back in '19. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought that he won that fight. I could have saw that fight going the other way. Um, but he's skillful. He's rugged. You know, he's somebody that's gonna give Pacquiao a challenge. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I, Pacquiao is still Pacquiao. You know, it's, yeah. it, it, he's sometimes in the past couple of years, it's like you start to see signs of his age and it's like the next fight he comes out and looks like he's young again. Um, so depending on how he trains and prepares for this fight, um, he's definitely got a, a good chance of winning. I'd pick Pacquiao in a decision at this point. I don't think anybody has knockout power to end the fight. Um, but I think it'll be a lot closer than Spence would have been. Uh, I agree a little bit with what you said. Like I want to see Pacquiao versus Ugas only because Pacquiao was stripped of the belt and they gave it to Ugas. Mm-hmm. So I want to see how this plays out. 
So Ugas didn't even have to like be in a fight to win the belt. For inactivity, they took yeah. the belt from him. And that's kind of why I like this matchup better, too, is the storyline, you know, it fits. Obviously, Spence is a better fighter than Ugas, but mm-hmm. but having the belt that was stripped from Pacquiao and then Pacquiao getting a chance to redeem that, I think like, it's a good storyline. It's like a movie almost. Like they say, like, you're not the real champ till you beat the champ, so he has mm-hmm. to actually beat Pacquiao to say he's a champ. Mm-hmm. Right. I would rather see Spence versus Pacquiao only because I think it's basically the same storyline as uh, Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman. Mm-hmm. And... Pacquiao could have won against Spence. I had Spence, but I think Pacquiao could have pulled it out because he looks great um, in his camp right now. So He does look good. I mean, for what is he, 42 now? For yeah, he's 42 40 years something. old. I mean, he, lo- he looks amazing. He's in great shape. Um, I, I definitely think wow. that he can he can go the length of the fight with Ugas, and I, I do see him ultimately getting it by a decision. Yeah. Okay. So Pacquiao and Ugas isn't the only, like, big – uh, combat sports event happening in Vegas on Saturday because we also have WWE SummerSlam. We got Roman Reigns against John Cena for the Universal title, Bobby Lashley against Goldberg for the WWE title. Why they're still using Goldberg, I have no idea. Is that the yeah. same Bill Goldberg from yes. way back when? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So you say Goldberg? Yeah. yeah. Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then we got Seth Rollins against Edge. I'm not going to go through all the matches because there's like 10 or 11 on the card. I'll go through the three you just said. Uh, Roman Reigns versus John Cena. I saw the promo they, they cut with John Cena and Roman Reigns in the ring. And uh, John Cena kind of mentioned uh, CM Punk when he took the belt, blew mm-hmm. a kiss, and ran through the stage, the stadium. So I want to see that. Uh, Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. I don't care. <laughs> Only because it's Goldberg. He's like 50. Yeah. And He's not the same. No. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Edge, that, that 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 I would like to see. Yeah. Those are, like, the three notable matches on the card. You also, I mean, you also have, like, the a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. It's Nikki A.S.H. against, who's the Raw Women's Championship? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Who's S.H.? S.H.H.? A.S.H. Her whole gimmick now is she's almost a superhero. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Goldberg is 54, by the way. 54 years old. The problem with that you match... You were looking up the same thing, weren't yep, you, James? I was. <laughs> I was. The problem with this uh, Bill Goldberg match, I would rather see it like uh, Bobby versus Brock. That's what everybody wanted. Not Goldberg. No. Mm-hmm. It's like, yay, it's the Battle of the Spears. Yay. Just oh, to interject, no. too, weren't these WWE pay-per-views, didn't they used to be on Sundays? Yeah. yeah, I don't know why they're doing SummerSlam on a Saturday. I don't know why they'd want to compete with these other major, you know, combat yeah. sports events. That yeah, I don't on. know. Um, hey, guys. Yeah, what's up? No, I was wondering, could someone take over the Berserk box quick? Yeah, I got it. Thank All you. right, Jeremy to the rescue. All right. I, um, I looks like we need a substitution. <laughs> um, so SummerSlam's going to be okay. Some matches I'm excited for, like, the one I'm most excited for is Seth Rollins against Edge. Because Seth Rollins, I love him as a heel. I think he's way better as a heel than as a Wait, so Edge is babyface right now? Yes. Yes, Edge is, in this feud with Seth, Edge is the babyface. I'd rather see Edge as the heel, but I like him either way. But the thing with this match is, like... 
I just don't understand Seth Rollins' character right now. It's so confusing. Like, he went from being the Monday Night Messiah to now it's like embrace the vision or something. So he's not Jesus anymore? Technically? No. Mm. I, yeah, I don't what, get it. Was he ever? <laughs> hey, Zeus is wrestling? <laughs> I don't give a you might have something to say about that. It was something like that. Um, so, and then we have UFC Fight Night, Cannoneer against Gaslam. Do you guys think this is a middleweight title eliminator bout? Sure, yeah. I mean, depending who wins, though. Um, I think it's an interesting matchup. I, I like Cannoneer in this fight, and I think he's on the rise. Um but Gastelum is still dangerous, you know. He's he's got that that power for a middleweight fighter. He's got knockout power that's you know pretty unrivaled in that division. Yeah. Um. So I like Cannonier in the upset or not in the upset as the favorite. Um. But I don't know that Gastelum is eliminated just based off of his resume alone. You know, Kelvin Gastelum's going to be in the mix as long as he wants to continue fighting. Yeah, and he had. Uh, Adesanya's toughest fight was against Gaslam for, I believe it was for the interim middleweight bout mm-hmm. yeah. title. Mm-hmm. Gaslam fought him well. Yeah, so, but it seems like Whitaker's going to be next for Izzy in a rematch. And uh, I still feel uh, Izzy will win that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about the, speaking of like Izzy and all that, you remember like Paulo Costa was coming out with these excuses. Yeah, he was drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he just canceled his last fight because he had to get hair transplants. He would, I saw something the other day that, like, he was making another excuse, like, yeah, I was drinking wine the night before, and I'm like, why are you making all these excuses? Like, you lost. Just, you lost. Yeah. Just get back in the gym, try to win next time. Yeah, Adesanya outclass you in every way There's no possible. shame in losing to Israel Adesanya either. There is no shame in that whatsoever. He so, should just get back into the gym. Right, so... I know Uz- Kamaru Usman, the current welterweight champion, has said he doesn't want to fight Adesanya, but he would consider moving up to middleweight. I would love to see Usman against Adesanya for the middleweight belt. I know it will never happen, but I think that would be an excellent fight. Yeah, it'd be a great fight. Yeah. I don't know that it's it's going to be how a would possibility. That, but I don't know how that like, would end. Like, I want to see that because I feel like uh, Usman has a lot of power. And Adesanya is very, like his his style is different. Yeah. So it's almost like Silva, but not like Silva, if that makes sense. So I would like to see yeah, that. So like does it end in KO, decision, yeah. stand up, I so mean, you ground. Think, so you think like Adesanya is like a, like a modern version of Silva or not quite? Almost, but not like, he's not on the same level. Like Silva in his prime, you throwing punches, he's just moving his head yeah. just in your face still. And it's like... Wow, that's yeah. like the Matrix. You look at Adesanya, he does stuff. It's like, okay, that, that was sweet. Yeah, there's definitely some similarities in, in how skillful of a fighter he is. It, it, he definitely reminds me of uh, Silva, for sure. All right, well, that is going to do it for this segment. We are about to hit a commercial break, but when we come back, we are going to be talking about the college football top 25 and the random Cleveland athlete of the week. Stick around here on So What's the Catch?
The holiday season is fast approaching, and that means that the shopping frenzy will soon begin. During the holidays, we are often asked to keep in mind those who are less fortunate. All of us here at AllSportsCleveland.com would like to remind you to support charities like our friends at Toys for Tots. Toys for Tots is the official holiday charity brought to you by the United States Marine Corps. Their primary goal is to deliver, through a shiny new toy at Christmas, a message of hope to needy children that will motivate them to grow into responsible, productive, and patriotic citizens and community leaders. Toys for Tots will also accept monetary donations as well. This great tradition dates back to 1947 and is continuing to thrive throughout Northeast Ohio. If you or someone you know would like to make a difference in the lives of a young child during the 2013 holidays, please visit toysfortots.org to find where you can deposit your brand new toy or make a monetary donation. That's toysfortots.org. Nurse, I need you to apply pressure to the head wound until I can get to it. I'm concerned she's lost too much blood. Oh, no. You in the corner, who are you? You're not supposed to be here. She's my girlfriend, doctor. You need to wait out in the waiting room. Please, doctor, I want to stay with her. Look, she's been badly injured. So if you want to do what's best for her, you need to let us do our work. Please, doctor, she has to be okay. I didn't mean to do this. I love her. Wait a second. You were the driver? Yes, but I didn't mean to. I swear, we, we went to dinner. I, I was just buzzed. I only had a few drinks. Just buzzed? Why didn't you tell us that? In that case, your girlfriend is fine. Hey, sweetie. I feel great. You want to get out of here? I can't believe this. Really, doctor? She's really okay? What, are you kidding? No, not really. Nurse, get me a suture kit. Stack. Buzzed driving. Maybe we should stop acting like it's no big deal. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. A position game. It gave advantage. When Frank DeLorenzo returned home from Iraq, things did not go smoothly. DeLorenzo was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and a traumatic brain injury. But DeLorenzo found an unusual solution. Sophie. Sophie is a pit bull rescued from the Cleveland Kennel. With proper training, Sophie can now remind DeLorenzo when to take his medication, wake him from his nightmares, and essentially watch his back. With all the success DeLorenzo had with Sophie, he decided to start Wax for Warriors, a nonprofit-based organization in Northeast Ohio started to help service men and women that have been affected by their combat experience. They work with local rescue organizations to match the veteran with an appropriate dog and provide all the training and support with no cost to the veteran. To find out how you can support Wax for Warriors, call 330-285-3941. Again, that number is 330-285-3941. No position game. It gave advantage. We are who we thought we were. So what's the catch? On All Sports Cleveland. Welcome back to So What's the Catch? And we are talking the AP Top 25 for college football because they are out. So take a guess who's number one. Bama. Yep, Bama. <laughs> and then Oklahoma's number two. Clemson's three. Ohio State's four. Georgia five. Texas A&M six. Iowa State seven. Cincinnati eight. Notre Dame nine. North Carolina, 10. Oregon is 11. Wisconsin's 12. Florida, 13. Miami, 14. USC, 15. LSU, 16. 
Indiana 17, Iowa 18, Penn State 19, Washington 20, Iowa, or Texas 21, Coastal Carolina 22, Louisiana Lafayette 23, Utah 24, and Arizona State 25. That's a whole lot of teams. <laughs> That's 25 of them right there. So, of those, I'm not going to go through the other teams receiving votes because that just doesn't matter. Ouch. <laughs> okay. That is painful. Oh. Shots fired. Yeah. So, there's one thing I see already that bothers me. What's that? Uh, number eight, Cincinnati. Why? You have them up way too high. It's one of those situations where it's a reaction to the 2020 season. Right. But mm-hmm. that was such like a weird season, and it happened in a bubble, and it's not going to happen again. And this is for football, not basketball. I know. I yeah, that. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, in a, no, not in a literal he bubble. Didn't mean literal bubble. No, not a literal <laughs> bubble. A bubble like you know, in a enclosed situation. Okay. Um, and it's not going to happen again. Um, and they're ahead of Notre Dame, Oregon, North Carolina, LSU, who they got at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I can't see that. So Cincinnati's your issue, not Iowa State at seven. I didn't get that far. Um, I mean, that's my issue. The preseason top 25 comes out every year, and it's always, you know, hit or miss. But, like, like Jeremy was saying, with last year, it's it was just such an anomaly that I think that this preseason top 25 is probably the most difficult to vote on of any in the past, you know, recent memory. So it's like this one I feel like can almost be thrown out just because last season was such an anomaly. I mean, you look at teams last year, there were some teams that played 14 games, there were some teams that played six games. Yeah. There were some pl- teams that played no games and ended up playing football in the spring. Um, so it's, I don't know, I don't take much from this poll, honestly, it, but I, I do agree with what you were saying. I think Iowa State's too high, Cincinnati's too high, and, and like you were saying, it's just a reactionary from last season, which I think was an anomaly. So you have Iowa State being too high, and you have Cincinnati being too high. You say Cincinnati's too high. Who do you think's too low? LSU. Yeah, LSU. LSU at 16 is a travesty. Mm-hmm. Even after their disaster of a season last year? Again, I'm, anomaly. Yeah, I... I think that like teams like Utah could get a little bit more respect. Um, I see teams like the Ragin' Cajuns in the top 25, and it's just like I don't know that that Ragin' Cajuns football team at Louisiana Lafayette is a better program than in Utah. And that's you know that's what I mean. It's like top to bottom this top 25. There's just issues all over the place. Okay, but so come on, their name rhymes. It does flow well. To be fair, because of the reasons we're saying. I, it was a really hard year to make this list. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So, since we're talking about who shouldn't, should have, and shouldn't have, I guess I will read the others who received the votes. You had Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, TCU, Liberty, Auburn, North Carolina State, Brian's alma mater, Michigan. Go Blue. Northwestern, Nevada, Boise State, Ball State, BYU, Houston, Boston College, UCF, West Virginia, UAB, Army, and UCLA. Hold on. First of all, I'm going to let everybody get their opinion. I thought you were going to name like five. You named like 20. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm. He officially named all the schools that received any votes. So even if you got one vote, they're in there. Um, 
yeah. I want to find the 12 voters that put Michigan in the top 25 and just thank them for being so delusional. <laughs> well, I, I, say, I want to find them and ask, what are they thinking? What yeah, football right. are they watching? And it, are they able to actually realize that Michigan just hasn't been good for a long time? No, they just right. ran out of teams, and I, they were like, well, Michigan sounds right. It, yeah. Yeah. No, Michigan. Michigan's not in the top 25. They're I know, but I'm just saying, like, they, they were filling out their list, and yeah. they, they figured, oh, okay, wh- who do we not have in here that needs, okay, Michigan. Yeah. At, at uh, the same rate, I'll personally guarantee that Michigan finishes ranked higher than the Ragin' Cajuns. I'm, I'm confident in saying that this year. Is Auburn just, like, not... Like, Auburn was one of the teams that received votes, but they did not get in the top 25. No. Should they be? Because, like, sometimes when I hear football, mm-hmm. Auburn comes up, so I don't... Yeah, I... They go through waves, so sometimes they'll be good, sometimes they'll be bad. So it just it depends on the year, it depends on what's going on there, but they're one of those teams that kind of fluctuates. Right. Okay. And I think voters, they, they kind of have this thing where it's like they only want to put so many from each conference in the top 25, and I think because of that, a lot of teams are left off. But, you know, at the same time, I would hate to see, you know, all whatever, 28 SEC teams or however many there are now in the top, Yeah. you know. I just, I mean, Coastal Carolina, yeah, it was a good season for them, but like you said, with Cincinnati, I don't know if they can sustain it. Yeah, I'll also say this, though, like, schools like Coastal Carolina, like, okay, we're throwing them a bow and put them in the top, you know, preseason top 25. I have no problem with that, you know what I mean? It's like, when a team like Coastal Carolina has a good year like they did last year, I think they deserve to be rewarded and thrown that bone just because to a program like that it might actually mean something. Right. So I don't really have a problem with them sitting there at 22, but uh, I don't know that they're going to sustain the level of success that they've had recently. Yeah. But they, they're definitely a team on the rise, you know. They're right. a program that 10 years ago was completely irrelevant, and here they are in the top 25 right. that we're talking about. Right, and we're again, we're, we mentioned Cincinnati. They actually have to travel to South Bend to play Notre Dame this season. Mm. So that could be an important game. Yeah, that's another team that's always difficult to rank. Uh, Notre Dame at number 9. How's everybody feel at Notre Dame at number 9? I think that that's... About where they should be. It's fine. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that one. I think it's too high. Too high? Yeah. Okay. Cause especially because this is kind of going off of their playoff history as well. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every time they've gotten in the playoff, whether it was last year against Alabama or against Clemson, or you could even go back to the BCS championship game against Alabama, they have gotten smashed. So, well, uh, but that at was the same then, rate, this you could say now. that about Ohio State, too. That was then, this is now. Uh, they're ranked nine, they're not ranked four. So right. they're not in the playoff picture right now. Yeah, but I... They're, they're, they're in that afterthought category. Because it's not even like six or seven, it's nine. Right. It's afterthought. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would still put Wisconsin above Notre Dame for right now. I like, I like Wisconsin a little bit more. Wisconsin's at they yeah had 12. such an off year though you know what I mean they're I don't know it's a tough program to figure out Wisconsin I mean they it, they're usually good to go you know eight nine wins but it, it was such a weird season last year yeah it's, just, it's so hard to get a read on these teams so here's an interesting statistic does it doesn't it feel like Alabama's been number one like for a long time yep it, thank you Nick Saban well in the past ten seasons they actually only started at number one four. Really? And I thought, because I was looking that up, I'm like, I feel like they've started at number one, like, repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. But now that I think about it, they haven't always. You know, there's been a few, like, Ohio State sneaked up a few times. Sure. 
and and there, obviously it changes, but mm-hmm. uh, and they've been ten years now straight. They've been in a number one spot at least one point during the season, mm-hmm. but they haven't started for only four of them. Yeah, huh. I, I also kind of have a problem, Josh, with with you holding losing in a in the college football playoff against a team. I think when there's only four teams that make the playoff, that even if you you know you make it and lose, I don't think that should be held against a team the next season necessarily. Mm. But I do get what you're saying. I don't see them in, you know, I don't think they're going to be in the mix at the end of the season. I don't see them being one of the first two teams out either. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, number nine, it's okay. The yeah. only reason I'm holding specific, I'll hold specifically last year against Notre Dame is because if you're a top ten team, you should be able to at least put up somewhat of a fight when you get into these big games or. It happens, though. It happened to Ohio State a couple years ago with that great team they had. They got steamrolled by Alabama. Right. But, I, I you know, at the same rate, does does that mean they had a, a terrible year? No, it doesn't. They had a great year. They had a bad game in the playoff. I wouldn't go into the next season and hold that against them in the top 25 ranking. Yeah, but it's also that Notre Dame's not in a conference. They're independent. So Well, last year, didn't they hitch their way into the ACC last year as like a trial thing. Right. I don't think that, that that's going to... No. Yeah. I mean, they're in the ACC for basketball, but... Notre Dame's in the NBC. They've got their contract with NBC. They make way too much money <laughs> off of... They're never going to join a conference as long as NBC keeps renewing that, that yeah. television deal with them as, as long as they stay relevant. Yeah. So what other teams in the top 25 are intriguing to you? Why, is, why are there five Big Ten teams? Let's be real here. Yeah, I, I think that's too many. Uh, it should be Ohio State, Wisconsin. Then it, I will maybe give you Iowa, okay, as mm-hmm. like number 25 is where they should be, okay? But there are too many. Okay. So your issue, what about the Big 12 having, I think it's three teams in there? I mean, they're so far down, though. But I'm, I'm looking at Indiana. I'm looking at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Penn State can maybe won't be towards 25 as well. But Indiana doesn't belong in top 25. Re- okay. So you're, you're saying? I, I don't know. I like with Penix returning to Indiana, I, I actually kind of like that squad down there. Yeah, I think that they like might surprise some people this year. I think they have a shot at finishing in the top 25. <laughs> I don't think they have a shot at playing in the conference championship no, or anything along those lines. not with Ohio State. But, I mean, a team like Indiana, they always play Ohio State tough. Right. They, they play, do. And that's it, one of those teams, too, that Ohio State's so funky where it could be a, just a bad week. Right. That was... If you remember, that was a great game last year. They're a trap game. Indiana yeah. is a trap game. Ohio State schedule. always has to watch out because they, they have a, a history of falling mm. into these traps. Yeah. And, and with that, we need to head into a commercial. When we come back, it's going to be hour two, and things tend to get weird in hour two. So keep listening, stay tuned, and don't change the station. Let's get weird. <laughs> I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. A storage tank ruptured, and for miles, chemicals were pushing up against the riverbanks. This was a big, big deal, and it was going to have a serious impact on communities up and down the river. I remember the moment this local guy came up to me and said, they call the guard out for this stuff? You probably thought we were all about hurricanes, tornadoes, fighting Mother Nature. Hey, it's a chemical spill. It's a disaster. It affects the water supply, threatens wildlife. We're talking about the health of entire communities and people's livelihoods. You bet we're ready for these 
these kinds of things. We were out there with booms to prevent the spill from expanding. We were responsible for protecting and monitoring the sensitive wetlands. I also remember the moment that same guy came up to me and said, I don't know what we would have done if they hadn't called the guard up. Learn more about how you can protect your friends, families, neighbors, and the environment. Everything that makes up your community. Go to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters in this station. When Frank DeLorenzo returned home from Iraq, things did not go smoothly. DeLorenzo was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and a traumatic brain injury. But DeLorenzo found an unusual solution. Sophie. Sophie is a pit bull rescued from the Cleveland Kennel. With proper training, Sophie can now remind DeLorenzo when to take his medication, wake him from his nightmares, and essentially watch his back. With all the success DeLorenzo had with Sophie, he decided to start Wax for Warriors, a nonprofit-based organization in Northeast Ohio started to help service men and women that have been affected by their combat experience. They work with local rescue organizations to match the veteran with an appropriate dog and provide all the training and support with no cost to the veteran. To find out how you can support Wax for Warriors, call 330-285-3941. Again, that number is 330-285-3941. Position game, it gave advantage. Right now, many families are getting ready for the holiday season, shopping for loved ones, wrapping gifts, and decorating the tree, anxiously awaiting the big day. But for many people right here in our area, there will be no Christmas presents without your help. Toys for Tots is a top-rated charity with 97% of donations going to providing toys, books, and other gifts to underprivileged children all over the country. While you search for that special gift for your loved ones this year, Remember those less fortunate and donate to the Toys for Tots in your area. Visit toysfortots.org to make a donation, find a drop-off location, or to volunteer. After all, Christmas is all about giving. Toys for Tots, helping bring joy to children everywhere at Christmas. Hour 2 on So What's the Catch is when things get weird. Here on All Sports Clean. That is right. It is time for hour two. This is generally when things get weird here. Yeah. On so what's the catch? And I'm sure you got that from that little bumper music that we had at the top of the hour there. Brian is over there super excited, and I know why, because it is time for the pressure scale. I love this segment. I yes. really enjoy this segment. So in honor of that, we're going to do a little under pressure. <laughs> Push it down on me. You enjoy singing. You do this a lot on our other show, too. <laughs> I've always been a musically inclined person. I have. You we sure? Got, yes. We had Chirk on the freestyle for the bumper. We got yeah. you singing here. It it's a musical podcast, so, too. I think those were notes. They weren't the right notes, but they were notes. <laughs> they are notes. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's the same as last week. You rank the four quarterbacks in a division. From 4-1, to one, based on pressure to succeed this season after what they did last year. So we're going to try and do two divisions. So we're going to start with the AFC West. So from 4-1, to one, go go ahead. You want to start with this one, Brian? or? Uh, sure, I'll start with this one. Um, 
Let's see here. I'm gonna start from the top. I'm okay. Gonna say, you, so you're going one to four? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go pressure packed. Um, okay, I like it. I'm actually gonna say Justin Herbert on this one. I think Air Bear had a great season last year. I I think that that team is expected to make a playoff run. I think that they have a shot at you know winning the conference, making it to a Super Bowl. I think that the expectations are very high for that team that's put around him, and I think based off of his play too, he's he's really raised the bar on his own expectations. Um, and then on the bottom, I've got, let's see here, I'm gonna say, put it for it's got to be Derek Carr number two, and then three and four. Eh, I could kind of say Mahomes is last. I could also argue him as third. He's just got nothing left to prove. He's a Super Bowl winner. He's an MVP winner. He does. I mean. He's proven everything he has to prove already. I don't think that there's any kind of pressure on him. But in terms of Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater versus Derek Carr, I'm going to say more pressures on Carr and the Raiders than on either one of those two quarterbacks in the Broncos this season. Okay, so I'm pretty much on the same page as you. Uh, most pressure, Justin Herbert. He needs to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. Mm-hmm. It was impressive, but still needs to prove that playing empty stadiums didn't essentially lead to him being successful out of the gate. Right. Number two, I have Derek Carr because if you know anything about John Gruden, he treats his offense like a luxury car. He gives the keys to the quarterback and when it doesn't go right, he pulls them. He's done mm. it many times before. He has, Case you're right. in point, everything that happened in Tampa Bay after he won the Super Bowl. Three, I have Mahomes because four in Denver, who cares? They're not going to be the quarterback next year. There's no pressure on them. Mm-hmm. They're not the future for the Broncos. Yeah. So, the only thing I would say is, how close is the gap between Mahomes or uh, Herbert and Carr for both of you? Is it close or is it like a large gap? I don't have a large gap on either. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, before last season, I would have said probably a large gap, but I mean, Derek Carr had a pretty good year last year. I think expectations for the Raiders are there too. I don't think that it's as far apart as you know I may have originally thought um just Derek Carr had a much better year last season than than I gave him credit for he had over 4,000 yards he was about 68 percent uh passing and that Raiders team is actually you know a potential playoff team and like you said about the Broncos I mean who cares at this point yeah I don't think Drew's a lock to be the starter this year I don't think Drew's a lock to be the starter next <laughs> year. Uh, I, I, I think that and I don't think Bridgewater is going to be the answer there either. I think that they're going to be looking for a guy in the draft here soon. I like the – I like. did you mean to make that pun? The Drew Locke pun at first, it started as an accident, and then I rolled with it. Okay. I yeah. like it. That's the spirit of this show, just roll with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I want to know your actual list, Josh. Oh, What's your list? So my list, I have uh, just a little bit different, but I agree on three, th- three and four. The only reason I'm going to put Derek Carr one and Justin Herbert two – is a large re- is largely because of what you said with John Gruden. Mm-hmm. Gruden didn't draft uh, uh, Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. He kind of just took him on, and now they're in Las Vegas. They have Allegiant Stadium, and uh, because of all that, because of the history with Gruden and how he's like, nope, I don't want this quarterback. Goodbye. I think there's a little more pressure on Derek Carr, but. Herbert also has to show that you're right, that last season wasn't a fluke, that he can do that. But it was also like the Chargers could not get over the hump in multiple games where they either had the lead 
or they were able to close the gap and just could not get over the hump. Well, it's just called Chargers syndrome, but here's where I'll, I'll push back on you on the Raiders thing. If this was year one of year two, Derek Carr would be a different story, but we're at, what, year yeah. three now? Yeah, the Derek Carr project's been going on for a while So now. they're a couple years into it. It's not like this is year one, it's like as soon as this stops working, I'm going to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Even if it was year two, he probably would have done that. But yeah. We're a couple years in now. We're past, the, we're past essentially the trial period. They're together for now, but they're together. So we didn't talk, like, give Mahomes even a second thought. You don't think there's any, like, after what happened in Super Bowl 55 last year, there's, he has nothing to prove? He's still an MVP. He's still got a Super Bowl ring. So. Yeah. Okay. And he's got a monster deal. I, I, yeah, he, he's getting paid. He's the highest paid quarterback in the league, rightfully so. Um, he's the future of the NFL. I think that the pressures that are on Mahomes aren't to prove anything in terms of his ability. It's more of the pressure of, okay, I'm the face of the NFL now. Um, I think that the NFL is pushing for that. They want Patrick Mahomes to be that guy. And like you said, you know, he played in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and he came up short. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some pressure to be Pat Mahomes, but he's also proven that Pat Mahomes is, is, is who he is because he's got the ability, you know, and I, I, I don't think anybody's questioning what his ceiling is or what his ability is. So it, it kind of depends on what you're considering pressure, right? And um, with Mahomes, like, it, okay, if he got injured, like completely just blown out and wasn't able to keep playing, I think at this point he's already had an amazing career. Mm-hmm. He could, in theory, I mean, it would be sad to be like, oh man, he could have done a lot more, but he could rest on his laurels now and he would still be an MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have Mahomes last. And then Carr, I actually have Bridgewater at second, just because I think he's going to end up getting traded, and I think he needs to build up his stock a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, I have Justin Herbert. Yeah, it's amazing what uh, when, when you're playing for a potential future salary, it's amazing what that can do for a player's uh, motivation. And, yeah, that does make things interesting with Bridgewater. I think we've gotten to a point where you know he's going to be a backup quarterback somewhere. It's a matter of what it's going to look like and and what his contract's going to be. And and now is the time to be showing off. In the right situation, I mean, when you look what he did with the Saints when Drew Brees was out. I mean, in the right situation, he can be a guy. I don't know that he's ever going to be the guy. But, yeah, I think he's going to be a good backup quarterback. And I think that he's can have a good enough year to argue that, hey, I deserve to be paid. And there's definitely teams out there that need a guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're not wrong. So let's switch divisions and go to the NFC East. So we got Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, Fitzmagic, and Dak Prescott. Okay, I can, I can do this real quick. Daniel Jones, number one, because he has to prove he doesn't suck. Mm. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, number two, because same thing, he has to prove he doesn't suck. Dak, three, none on Fitzmagic. Come on, he can just do whatever he wants. He can just be like, look at me, I'm awesome, I can throw the ball, get five touchdowns, I've got an awesome beard. Oh, look, I threw five interceptions, who cares? I'm Fitzpatrick. So, How come he's so inconsistent? What? He's, that's just what he is. He is an electric factory. He's yeah. Fitzmagic. He... I mean, the play he had against the Dol- against the Raiders last season was amazing where he like, was getting his helmet ripped off and he was still able to make a throw, but... He's he, such an anomaly. The, the thing with him is that he can go from Fitzmagic to Fitztragic just like that. Yep. Exactly. And it's Fitz-tra- absolutely electric to watch. He's such a Jekyll and Hyde so, Yep. I'm not even player. putting Fitzpatrick on my list because he's such an anomaly uh, that it's, it's hard to predict with him. 
So I'm just going to, in my theory, I'm just putting them out of my head. Okay. So what were those other quarterbacks? I know Dan Jones, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. I feel like Dax has the, the least amount of pressure right now. Already Ooh. has his contract. Uh, and, yeah, Daniel Jones is number one. I'm just trying to figure out those two middle spots. Okay. I guess there's some pressure being a Cowboys quarterback now that there's a 17-game season. The pressure is to go. They can't go 8-8 eight and eight anymore. So now <laughs> they, have to, they have to decide whether they're going to go 10-7 and seven or they're going to go the other direction. I think we're not taking into the account, like, think about everything Dak went through. Not just the in, the season-ending injury, but he also had, like, major contract disputes with the Cowboys, and he finally ended up getting this monstrous contract. I don't remember the exact terms off the top of my head. Four years, 160. Thank right. you. And so that, that's why I said 40 it, comes, million a, yeah. it comes down to what you mean by pressure, because I feel like once you have your contract, the pressure fades. Like, nah. Dak has his job. Okay. The other two... Who knows? Exactly. Yeah, Daniel Jones could get replaced as soon as next year. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Fitzmagic, whatever he does in Washington's a bonus. <laughs> no. it, it, for Dak, he has his security. He has his contract. He has a team that's at least probably average. Okay. Yeah, but again, like a good the other two guys are fighting for jobs. He's not. Yeah, but again, like a, what? No, I was saying Dak is like a good. Uh, he's a good uh, man. He can like win the. No, sorry. <laughs> he certainly could win something. Um, that's for sure. No, I think he can win. He he can take the team to the playoffs, but like I don't think he can get past the second round. Fair. Okay. So that's what he needs to prove this year. Sure. Yeah, but for me, it's like I don't think we're putting enough pressure on the Dak because a he's the Cowboys quarterback, and the Cowboys are America's well, team. Well, let's put it in context. Is it just not enough pressure, or the other two guys just have that much more pressure, and they all have a ton of pressure? Because I think I, that's where it is. Yeah, I, I think, think that's the where NF- it's the NFC least. I mean, this yeah, this, this division is. is just a, a trash basket right now. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a dumpster fire that it's oh, like, can you really say that anybody in this conference has any kind of pressure? It's like. Nobody's really expecting much of any of these teams right now, and that's nope. why this kind of made ranking it difficult. I, I'm, I, you could almost make an argument that maybe Dak has the most pressure just by virtue of playing for the Cowboys. I, I wouldn't because he has his job, and that's he, what I'm looking at. Yeah, sure, but right. I feel the like the other two guys could honestly be out of the league in a year. Mm-hmm. I, well, but, but with that, we do have to head to commercial. We got some more football stuff coming up in the next segment. But stick around, keep listening. More football after this. What are you going to do with your old car? You can try selling it, you could junk it, or you can donate it to Heritage for the Blind. Your car will be towed away for free and your donation is tax deductible. Just call 1-800-778-1489. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats. It doesn't matter if your vehicle runs or not. It will be towed away for free, and you'll be supporting those that need help. Heritage for the Blind is a nonprofit organization that helps the visually impaired live fuller lives. Call right now to donate your car, and as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call Heritage for the Blind right now. Call 1-800-778-1489. Donating is easy, and your vehicle is towed away for free. Plus, you'll get a free vacation voucher for donating. Call now, 1-800-778-1489. That's 
1489. Coats for Kids Cleveland was started in 1981 by local radio station employees. Since then, we have raised over $3.25 million and distributed over 500,000 coats in Northeast Ohio through the Salvation Army and more than 75 other social service agencies. All donated coats are cleaned by Sintas prior to distribution. Our goal for 2013 is to acquire 25,000 new or like new coats and raise $125,000. Your generous gift of $100 will purchase six new coats for children in need. Call our office today at 216-986-8957 to make a donation or check out our website at coatsforkidscleveland.org to find a list of drop-off locations and hear about our sponsored raffles and contests. If you have a child in need of a coat, you can register with the Salvation Army of Greater Cleveland along with their Christmas registration. For time and date and location information, contact the Cleveland Area Salvation Army at 216-861-8185. At Coats for Kids Cleveland, we hope to make every child feel warm this holiday season. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Jenny Z comes back, throws the screen to Bruce, looking to get a block, runs up the left. You don't have to wait for politicians to make Ohio a safer place for your kids. You don't have to wait for anybody. All you have to do is keep your eyes open and remember that bad railroad crossings kill good drivers. When you see a dangerous crossing or crossing signals that aren't working, go to angelsontrack.org and report it. So far, 28 dangerous crossings have had gates installed because of those reports, making Ohio a safer place for kids like yours. Sponsored by Angels on Track, aired by the OEB and this station. Good news, Sesame Street fans. The count has found that missing number. So the correct scoreboard now is Cuyahoga Heights, 43, Richmond Heights, nothing, as we get set for fourth quarter play. And Coats for Kids Cleveland was started in 1981 by local radio station employees. Since then, we have raised over $3.25 million and distributed over 500,000 coats in Northeast Ohio through the Salvation Army and more than 75 other social service agencies. All donated coats are cleaned by Sintas prior to distribution. Our goal for 2013 is to acquire 25,000 new or like new coats and raise $125,000. Your generous gift of $100 will purchase six new coats for children in need. Call our office today at 216-986-8957 to make a donation or check out our website at coatsforkidscleveland.org to find a list of drop-off locations and hear about our sponsored raffles and contests. If you have a child in need of a coat, you can register with the Salvation Army of Greater Cleveland along with their Christmas registration. For time and date and location information, contact the Cleveland Area Salvation Army at 216-861-8185. At Coats for Kids Cleveland, we hope to make every child feel warm this holiday season. You're listening to AllSportsCleveland.com, your home for the best high school basketball in Northeast Ohio. As we all know, we are all big-time high school basketball fans. I know I'm there every Let's single night. Go. Next, next week, Watch that now. will be replaced. That'll uh, be my bumper. We'll uh, just put it play right there play, in the place. Commentating. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should make a bumper, too. Subscribe to our bumper. Patreon for more uh, high school basketball <laughs> content. Everybody make more bumpers. That's yeah. <laughs> I, I cranked out three of them in ten minutes. You can crank yeah. out, too. All right. So we are going to do a salute to general football. General football. General football. I feel like that's becoming a thing on our show. I love it. Um, so I did. I liked this first topic because I wrote about it on Fansided for Dog Pound Daily. And I'm like, oh, this could be a good topic for the show. So when you look at the 2021 Cleveland Browns schedule, to you, 
does it say this team made a play? This team was a playoff team last season. Yes. Nope. Yes. You say yes, Turk. Yes. Why do you say that? I just say that because. Uh, um, <clears throat> I just said yes because uh, I don't know. Last season they almost went to the, they they almost went to the, uh, AFC championship. Okay, but have you looked at the schedule for this year? Uh, I mean the schedule. I don't know. I think they they might have a chance to go like twelve and four. Well, 12 dude, that, that would be quite the uh, the feat. They're just skipping a game. Do they um, have uh, a lot of a lot of prime time? Like, three. what does it look like? So they only have three. Do an overview. Okay, I'll do an overview. We play the NFC North and the AFC West. So that means we're at Kansas City, at the Chargers, home against the Raiders, and home against the Broncos. Then we're going to be at Detroit, or no, I'm sorry, home against Detroit, home against Chicago, at Minnesota, at Green Bay. And then we play Arizona as a result of the extra game. Mm -hmm. And then since we finished in third place, we host the Houston Texans, we're at New England, and then we play our divisional rivals. So those games against Arizona, New England... And Houston is why I say it's not because they finished in third place in, in the division last year. Okay? Right. So they got the third place teams from the other divisions. Right. So that is why I don't say that this looks like a playoff team from last year because they're playing a third place schedule outside of the normal division rotation. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment too. I think it's a good point. But my other issue is, like, when we played Baltimore at I'm at home in Monday Night Football. That was a fantastic game. That was a great game. Granted, we lost, but... It was entertaining. Yeah, it was very entertaining. And then we we won the last regular season game against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then we go into Pittsburgh in the wild card round, and we beat them. So why is it that at Baltimore is prime time, at Pittsburgh is prime time, but when we play them here in Cleveland... Both games are 1 o'clock. That mm. makes no sense to me. Last, I, wasn't the last time they did it was the Jets game? What? Uh, where they had a primetime game here at home? Uh, no, we had we had two primetime home games in 2019, and we had a primetime game at home last year against Cincinnati. Let me just say this. I don't mind not playing games in prime time, okay? We don't always show up in prime time. Well, right. it's not even just that. Uh, the being up till midnight to watch a football yeah, game that too, just mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, if, if you're invested in the game, you're like, okay, I got to, at some point in the day, i got to take a nap before the game happens, mm-hmm. okay? That's just how it is. Then the game's not going to be over till 11.30, midnight, sometimes almost 1 o'clock, okay? Mm-hmm. And if you're someone who has to do game recaps, analysis, uh, kind of overview of the game, like myself, guess who's up till 2, 3 in the morning? It sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And if, you're not, if you punt it till the next morning, you have to get up early, do a quick turnaround. It's not fun. Yeah, it's not fun for the players either, you know. Yeah, I get that. It just, when you look at the schedule overall, it doesn't scream, hey, this team made it to the playoffs last year. I love 1 o'clock games. Like, overall, that's my favorite. To me, a Sunday 1 o'clock game is Uh -uh. like the pinnacle. But to answer your question, no, I don't feel. But I generally feel like the Browns are disrespected, and it's just another situation where we're going to have to have more consistent 
um, you know, successful seasons mm-hmm. and start to hit some of these checks that we need to check off still, right. and maybe that'll start to turn around. All right, so here's why 1 o'clock is the perfect time for a football game. Are you ready? You First of all, you start drinking it at noon. Exactly. <laughs> okay, you start drinking it. You order pizza at the beginning of the second quarter, so it shows up at halftime. Okay. Okay, you eat the pizza at halftime. And you order, always order too much, and here's why. I have this down. I've been doing this for 10 years. Trust me. All right. So you eat the pizza. You go back to watch the rest of the game. You have a couple more beers, right? Then, depending on whatever, they win, lose. Who cares? So by this time, it's probably about a little bit after four. So you start watching the next round of games. When it gets to halftime, the next round of games, guess what? You got leftover pizza for dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then after that, you sit down. You enjoy some more beers. Then it's Sunday night football time. You just got to sit back, relax. And go to bed at halftime. That is the perfect day. All I know is I'm hungry now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I want pizza. Good thing I'm having pizza after this. Just to play the devil's advocate here a little bit, you know, at at the end of the day, we're still a small market team. We're still the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. We had a great season last year. We're headed in the right direction. We've got a great team. We've got a great roster. But, you know, we haven't been around for that long. You know, we haven't been good for that long yet. And... And honestly, I like not having the pressure of, of the Browns having to play more of these, you know, 8 o'clock primetime games because I don't necessarily know that that's a good thing for a team that's in their second year that's trying to gel and bring guys back who were injured last season. You know, it's like to have more stability and to have more games at 1 o'clock and, and you know, to kind of game plan around that. Yeah. I think that's good for the Browns. So I think this plays well for our win-loss record overall, but as a fan, I'm disappointed by it, you know, just like you are. I don't think that it screams that we were a yeah. playoff team, but and it is what it is. Yeah, there are a couple games that I'm looking at, like at Chargers, I'm su- kind of surprised that's not a primetime game. Mm-hmm. Home against Cardinals, I think that was a, they should have made that a primetime game potentially. Home against Denver... I don't like that it's a primetime game, especially yeah. Thursday night. Yeah, I it confused so, me. Hold on, you're complaining about lack of primetime games. You finally get one, and you're like, no, but that's not good enough. That's not the they way. Gotta, they got to follow Josh's specific no, rules. So, so hold on. Here's why I like them for being the primetime game. The Broncos aren't supposed to be good. Correct. You want the world and every everyone, every football fan in the country to see your team and have them look good in primetime when they're in primetime. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to see them go up against, like, the Chiefs in primetime and get slaughtered? No. Or how about the Bucs? Well, because guess had, who would destroy them? He had all those kind of games, too, in his in his sophomore season with all that hype, and we saw how that worked out. Yeah. Two and two. Give me the primetime win. That's what I want. Playing the Broncos, that's set up for a primetime win. I so, hate that it's Thursday night football, though. Do, do you, it should... If they're going to do primetime... Do Sunday night football or Monday night football? Get rid of Thursday night football. Uh, no, I'm nah, for, give me uh, Thursday. No, give me every day of the week. I, I think that football being on other days of the week is great. They so used to have Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, I don't care. Give me Didn't more they football. Used to have Tuesday football on TNT. Mm, I don't know. They about might have Tuesday football. But uh, you have a story about the Browns training camp. Uh, not a story, just a review. I mean, it was a it was a good preseason game. Me and James were talking about it last weekend. That it was. You know, everything you wanted to see in a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, you can't take all that much from it, but we have depth. Well, some more things developed this week as Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison Jr. finally made it back. So you have that full roster now with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Schwartz is back. Clowney, Jadavian Clowney, is now inactive with his hamstring. 
Uh, Miles Garrett is still out for an undisclosed reason, and they have both missed about a week now. Uh, and it's still it's been undisclosed this entire time with Miles. So that's kind of strange. Who cares? Keep him on ice. I don't care. Save yeah. him, save him for game one. Do you think? The Browns play the Giants at home for preseason. Do you think Baker plays at all just because it's our only prime or preseason home game? No. No, I don't That's think there's any pressure. No, it's not a reason to play. I mean, in the past, you know, you have when you had four, you usually do the third, third game, game yeah. rehearsal. Mm-hmm. I don't even. Do you think they're going to do a rehearsal game like that at all this year? Uh, or they no, just gonna, they will. They'll probably do give like maybe a quarter at most, but it'll probably be like a couple series to make sure a couple things that they've been working on is clicking the right way it should. Yeah. That's what I told my girlfriend. You know, she wants to see Baker, of course, and uh, I said you're probably not going to see him play until maybe like half a quarter, if that, maybe yeah. like the third game. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him get some reps, obviously. I, I don't think he's a guy that you can just throw in week one without any, you know, practice in, in the preseason. But in terms of the other guys, you know, Garrett and Clowney, it's like with those guys be as cautious as you need to be, keep them on ice, whatever you got to do, I don't care. I just want to see those guys healthy for the season. I'm with you on that. I mean, as we know, Clowney is made of glass. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Miles Garrett has not necessarily been the pinnacle of health throughout his career either. Uh, he's had several issues, one of them being COVID from last year, and who knows if he has or ever will fully recover from it because, man, did he look gassed at the end of last year when he came back. Yeah, yeah he sure did. A couple so, more players who did not practice due to injury, wide receiver Jamarcus Bradley, Tony Fields, wide receiver Alexander Hollins, and cornerback Denzel Ward. So okay. Denzel Ward and Tony Fields are the only notable guys there, yeah. honestly. But uh, we have to hit a break here because we're at 327. When we come back, guess what? It's general baseball time general and then baseball. other side of this commercial break. Salute to general baseball. Are you thinking about buying medicine online? A search for online pharmacies yields more than 20 million results. But which ones can you trust? Medicines bought from unlicensed online pharmacies can be dangerous. You may get a fake drug, your condition may get worse, or you may experience a bad reaction. Don't put your health at risk. To learn how to find an online pharmacy that's safe and legal, visit fda.gov slash besaferx. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Coats for Kids Cleveland was started in 1981 by local radio station employees. Since then, we have raised over $3.25 million and distributed over 500,000 coats in Northeast Ohio through the Salvation Army and more than 75 other social service agencies. All donated coats are cleaned by Sintas prior to distribution. Our goal for 2013 is to acquire 25,000 new or like new coats and raise $125,000. Your generous gift of $100 will purchase six new coats for children in need. Call our office today at 216-986-8957 to make a donation or check out our website at coatsforkidscleveland.org to find a list of drop-off locations and hear about our sponsored raffles and contests. If you have a child in need of a coat, you can register with the Salvation Army of Greater Cleveland along with their Christmas registration. For time and date and location information, contact the Cleveland Area Salvation Army at 216-861-8185. At Coats for Kids Cleveland, we hope to make every child feel warm this holiday season. When Frank DeLorenzo returned home from Iraq, things did not go smoothly. DeLorenzo was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and a traumatic brain injury. 
but De Lorenzo found an unusual solution, Sophie. Sophie is a pit bull rescued from the Cleveland Kennel. With proper training, Sophie can now remind De Lorenzo when to take his medication, wake him from his nightmares, and essentially watch his back. With all the success De Lorenzo had with Sophie, he decided to start Wags for Warriors, a nonprofit-based organization in Northeast Ohio started to help service men and women that have been affected by their combat experience. They work with local rescue organizations to match the veteran with an appropriate dog and provide all the training and support with no cost to the veteran. To find out how you can support Wags for Warriors, call 330-285-3941. Again, that number is 330-285-3941. Friends die from drinking and driving. Friends die from drinking and... Friends don't let friends drive. Here from Ralph Adams Stadium on the campus. Hey, it's Church the Berserker. You're in the Berserk box being a hard worker. We got James. Guess what? He knows all the names. Just sit back and relax. You got Unger to the max. This show will never get any lamer, because you can't find anybody as entertaining as Kramer. Now, AJ, he is the true fighter. You'll never meet anybody who is a better writer. In this show, you don't have to worry about Ryan, because we got a champ, and his name is Brian. Join us every Wednesday at 2 for authentic personalities, because you know, all we'll just be dishing out is just the realities. Oh my god. Bunker uh, of the Church. Year, baby. Shout Church. out to that Church. on the Church. Bunker of Church the Year. Right still in there. the box with me. Uh, shout out Bumper of the Year. That was fantastic. That Super entertaining. I Bring more when you can. The only thing is, I feel like in that bumper, I get dissed. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's part of what makes it good. <laughs> okay, anyway. Sometimes it's entertaining. But you know what? There's something that was also very entertaining. They built it. They came. Feel the dreams game. Wait. Fantastic. Before, before we do that, a salute to General Baseball. Salute. To General Baseball. <laughs> as we head into our General Baseball discussion. So, yeah, I could not agree with you more. That Feel the Dreams game was amazing. It, it was just so good. It was just... It, I had to uh, get a hotel room to watch it because I didn't have power, so I had to go there, brought my dogs with me, watch the game, enjoyed some uh, some beverages, and watched <laughs> that game. It was quite entertaining. I thought the Yankees was going to win, and Tim Anderson was just like, uh, not going to happen. I'm just going to launch this into the corn. You know what? I Going into that game, I kept saying, for some reason, I want to see a walk-off. I don't know why, but... For some reason, I'm just like, I want to see a, I felt like a walk-off of any kind would just be perfect for the Field of Dreams game. That would have been a good way to cap that whole night off with a little bit of a walk-off there. And we got it. Yeah, I mean, on top of it being an awesome, you know, whatever you want to call it, promotion, um, it actually ended up being a really good game. Yeah. So it made it even more enjoyable. And not only that, it was the most watched regular season baseball game in 16 years. Yes. Yes. that, that's impressive for that aspect, but at the same time, very uh, depressing when you consider the state of baseball. Sure. Because yeah. you, you look at that, it took that type of, let's be honest, it was a gimmick, 
to to be the most watched game in 16 years. It really tells you where baseball is on the hierarchy of sports. Not only that, James, but uh, if we look at the numbers from the Hall of Fame game, which is a preseason football game in Mm -hmm. the NFL, I do believe that the Hall of Fame game actually outrated the Field of Dreams game. The Hall of Fame game is like the punting of of preseason games. As good as that game was, as many people that tuned in, it's still a baseball game, unfortunately, but... I feel like part of the reason the pre the Hall of Fame game gets more attention is because it's the Hall of Fame game. Like it, it's like it's, that's not why. It, it, I no, disagree. It, I think it, it's just football. It's because it's football. Yeah. People people are like, we no. haven't had football for nine months. Hey, look, it's football. football. I, it might be important to you, the Hall of Fame, but I, I, all I'm saying, I think everybody's saying, is outside of here, people really don't recognize that. Yeah. Or think too much about it. That's for, an Ohio thing. Yeah, at least for me, like. The fact that it's Hall of, the kickoff of Hall of Fame weekend is significant. Sure, the whole weekend is, is, it is great. For, as for as us, a football fan, it's great. Yeah. 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 So I think it, like, especially when, like, your fa- one of your favorite players of all time is getting inducted that weekend or, right. like, two or three, you know. Yeah, and I'm not here to rain on baseball's parade. You know, baseball is my favorite sport. Same. Um, but oh, it, really? It, yes, it is. But... It, it, in this country, I mean, the reality is that football is king right now. Um, the younger generation is not that excited by baseball. Um, I loved the promotion. I loved everything about it. But I'm 32 years old, so I've seen Field of Dreams. It's been a part of my, my pop culture history. So it's been a part of my life. For the younger generation, I don't know how much that they would have connected with this particular right. This particular game, and and we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. We did. It, yeah. it really, it's an image issue, right? Because base or basketball and football, like you said, the the sports of the younger people both have like a good, not even a good image, but they have a image. You know, a sure. younger generation image they project. I would say hockey also has that same thing. Soccer is the fastest growing sport in the country right now. They have that too. It, it's a game. And soccer and baseball are in direct competition with each other because their seasons overlap each other in Correct. high school in America. And so it's same one of the with other basketball for, and hockey. Right, right. Right. And uh, with hockey, you know, you have similar games like the Field of Dreams, but you with hockey, like, you have the Winter Classic, you have the Stadium, stadium Series, and, mm-hmm. you know, they did the special, like, games at Lake Tahoe last year, but, like... The, the funny thing about that is is that the NHL is using the attraction of a baseball stadium to get more views. I and know. And then we're talking about how baseball is struggling to and, get views. And yet <laughs> hockey somehow yeah. takes advantage of it. I love it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maybe but, they'll start playing those in NFL stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll I get mean, better rating. For some of the win- uh, winter classics and stuff, they have done, mm-hmm. like, when Nashville and Dallas played in the winter classic Two years ago, um, they played at the Cotton Bowl in in yeah. Dallas. Uh, Toronto and Detroit Maple Leafs, or the Detroit Red Wings and Toronto Maple Leafs played in uh, Ann Arbor House. at the yeah. Big House. Yeah, yeah. and so. that I mean, it's that's an awesome thing that hockey does, and those games always get more views than any other regular season game. And I think that's why it's important for MLB to build off of this. I think definitely keep doing it. They've already agreed that the Cubs and the Reds are going to play in this right. game next year. But I also want to say that baseball needs to do something to attract a younger audience. I think they 
the Field of Dreams game, I think keep it. I think it's great, but it's there's a hundred. Do it though. There's 161 no, other games yeah. that you have to try and make interesting. Yeah, so my it. thought being is like, can you not make 10 games out of every team's 162 games? Some kind of you know promotional. Can You're you right. do something to make that experience I don't better? Think baseball knows how to. I don't think no, they, they know don't. What That's to the problem. Offer. I don't think they know like how to make baseball marketable to the younger generation. So, for me, like, part of the reason I'm going to specifically August... Well, I have two reasons for going to the game on August 28th. Number one is because I want to see the Boston Red Sox. I don't know if you you guys share the same feeling, but there's always those teams that you're like, I really want to see my home team play Team X or Team Y type thing. Yeah, sure. We all have those. Yeah. And then my second reason, I talked about this on Split View yesterday, is because that's a 4 o'clock game. So um, I am going to try and do full exposure when it comes to facing the fireworks. So Mm -hmm. meaning no earplugs, no headphones, no ducking down, no leaving my seat. Every other game I've been to this season has been a nighttime game. Mm -hmm. So I've brought some type of ear protection because me and fireworks have just never gotten along but for that game in particular because it's a four o'clock game Mm -hmm. it's afternoon and uh so i'm gonna try and doing full exposure you're raw dogging it yeah i love it it's brave of you yeah it's very Um, brave so it's just like we have the little league classic coming up on Sunday, and it's the Angels and Indians, but... Those uniforms are atrocious. Yeah, mm-hmm. those uniforms are... I don't know what those are, but... In the, in the Field of game, Dreams game, real quick, I'm sorry I didn't watch it, but did they wear, like, old-timey Yes, uniforms? they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's they did, yeah. Yeah, but, like, they do the Field of Dreams game to try and attract a younger audience because it's the Little League Classic. Yeah. But, but that's mean, the wrong movie to do it with. Uh, it's not a movie. No, I'm saying the, the, the Field of Dreams game, when they go for that and they're trying to get to a younger generation, that's not the way to go about it. Ah, uh, uh, now I get what you're exactly, saying. Exactly, right. Okay. I think that it did a great job for for baseball fans who are already fans of filling that, you know, that nostalgic, we all have memories of Field of Dreams. If you're a baseball fan, you all, you know, well, we all have How old are you, Brian? I'm 30, 31 years old. Okay, so me, you, and uh, uh, James, James, you know, we were in that era. Right. It was a little bit before, just a little bit. You were kind of on the I've edge s- of it. I've seen the movie, though. I know you've seen it, but you didn't see it, like, when it first came out. Right. Right, but I... St- Whenever I like, in terms of timeliness, it does not line up with you. It's not twenty-year-olds' favorite movies. It's not it's you know teenagers' favorite. You're you're, you're more a little like bit remember, of an anomaly. <laughs> remember um, the Titans is like a movie that a lot of younger people. Like, yeah, that's kind of their field of dreams. Remember you calling me an anomaly? I will take that as a compliment. Yeah, it's meant as a compliment. It, okay, especially on weird Wednesdays. The, here, the second hour, yeah. it's a yeah. huge compliment. Wacky Wednesday, weird Wednesday, whatever you want to call it. Um. But, yeah, back to, to GBD, general baseball discussion. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, uh, Diamondbacks pitcher Tyler Gilbert threw a no-hitter in his first career start. He has I been a relief pitcher before, so he is 27 years old. But what this did is it tied the all-time record for no-hitters in a season. With eight. With eight. Yep. And that goes back to 1884, the Ooh. first season which they, overhand pitching was allowed. Yes. You know what I love about Tyler Gilbert throwing the no-hitter? It was, is that he did it after the whole sticky stuff 
situation with spider well, tap. Sure. Well, it's the first post-sticky stuff no-hitter. It is. We should probably one. clarify what the sticky stuff situation <laughs> is. Kind of sounds a little uh, strange. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, uh, spider tech, whatever concoction people were coming up with, just illegal uh, foreign substances that it, pitchers were using. Yeah. Pitchers use it to increase their spin rate. Um, right. Which makes, obviously, it makes the ball move more, um, gives them more of a dangerous pitch. Um, but I think that, you know, this is kind of speaking to the problem here with baseball. Um, I don't know. Help me out here, Josh. What's that? Uh, James hit me with that uh, statistic earlier in the week, the whole statistic about yeah. underhand baseball. Mm-hmm. And I, I never knew that. Like, yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Underhand pitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was underhand. You can ask for a certain type of pitch and where it's going to be. Right. I did not know any of that. But, uh, to Th- thank you, 1880s baseball. Yeah, thank you. Right, I kind of <sighs> lost my train of thought there, but I was going. What I was saying about this no hitter situation, like, was it an? It's awesome to see a no hitter. It's great. It's historical, but this is part of what the problem is with baseball now. The In fact what that way? there's been it, there's been eight no hitters this year, and when you talk about a game that the biggest complaints are pace of play, that it's boring, they don't score enough runs. It's just, it's hardly watchable for a casual fan to watch when these pitchers are giving up one, two, three hits. I mean, if you're starting, if you're number one pitcher on a staff, you're almost expected at this point to, to go out and pitch that well. It's like, these, right. There's ERAs under 2.0. Like, it's, I've never seen anything like this. Pitchers are so far ahead of where hitters are in this league right now. It, it, and I'll say this, complaints I've heard from non-baseball fans, they've said, like, one of the best parts of the game is that nobody gets on base. That, that, that's one of the most outstanding achievements, something that can happen where a game where nothing happens. Right, wow. exactly. Yeah, you're looking at, I mean. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Well, I mean, if that, you're, you're a Hall of Famer, you get on base three out of ten times. Yeah. You know I mean, you're failing seven out of ten times. That's right. the nature of baseball. And so, like, yeah, these no-hitters are great, and it's like everybody wants to celebrate it. But for me, it's like this is just a bad product that we're putting on the field. And the fact that there's been eight this year and there hasn't been that many since you used to be able to pick what pitch was coming to you. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's just, to me, it's a problem. It's not a good thing. So we are about to hit a commercial break. Just want to say congrats to... Baltimore Orioles first baseman Chris Davis. He is retiring after 13 seasons. So. Uh, congrats to the Baltimore Orioles. They don't have to pay him anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the real congratulations. Okay. Right. Well, <laughs> we will be right back with our final segment, which we call Miscellaneous. When Frank DeLorenzo returned home from Iraq, things did not go smoothly. DeLorenzo was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and a traumatic brain injury. But De Lorenzo found an unusual solution, Sophie. Sophie is a pit bull rescued from the Cleveland Kennel. With proper training, Sophie can now remind De Lorenzo when to take his medication, wake him from his nightmares, and essentially watch his back. With all the success De Lorenzo had with Sophie, he decided to start Wags for Warriors, a nonprofit-based organization in Northeast Ohio started to help service men and women that have been affected by their combat experience. They work with local rescue organizations to match the veteran with an appropriate dog and provide all the training and support with no cost to the veteran. To find out how you can support Wags for Warriors, call 330-285-3941. Again, that number is 330-285-3941. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, 
I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trapped. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In English, I learned that I make people sick. And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... ...is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Here from Ralph Adams Stadium on the campus. You wanted the best? Well, too bad. You're stuck with us. It's So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. Welcome back to So What's the Catch. I love that bumper I came up with today. It's very good. Yeah, that is really bravo, good. Bravo, bravo. Good bumpers <laughs> all around today. All of the yeah, new bumpers. Yeah, the bumpers have been, have been really good. Brian, you and I have a lot of pressure on us. We do. The, hey, the bar has been set pretty I'm high. I'm coming here. up with more for next week to add it in the mix. Oh, oh, no. Oh, come on. Do you want me to just raise, raise the bar? Let's make it a competition. Who comes up with the best bumpers? Oh, we got to get some commercials in there, too. If we don't be careful, this show might end up getting good. <laughs> Real careful now. Oh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. I don't <laughs> want this show to be good. I oh. All right, uh, it's time for random Cleveland athlete of the week. We need like some sort of like song. Oh, or don't so. worry, it's 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 in the works. It's, it's up in here the in the works. works. Oh yes. Okay. All right, so random Cleveland athlete of the week. This one's going to be tricky. Okay. Yeah, last week's was a piece of cake. Oh come <laughs> on, everybody I mean, knows the on. legend Jerry Sands. <laughs> or I mean, you've had like. Scott Player. Okay, Scott Player's a legend. Okay, Most single bar face name mark. Yeah. Wait, wait, did you have somebody with the last name of Mustard? Chad Mustard, yes. Hall <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Famer Chad Mustard. All right, so speaking of Chad Mustard, it is a football player. It is a Cleveland Browns player. Okay. Yay. Okay, he was born in 1979. His name is middle name is Vernon, and he was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Hmm. His name is Vernon. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, it's, it's not, not Vernon Olivier, is it? No, <laughs> it's is not. It is not. I Vernon. know maybe he went by his middle name. Uh, it, it's not Vernon Olivier. It's also not Lawrence Olivier. Um, in case you're wondering, uh, not Olivier Vernon. But he went to high school at Saint Ignatius in Cleveland. He was a two-year starter, a three-year letterman, and he earned all Ohio honors as a senior in Joe 1997. Jervicious. It is not Joe Jervicious. He went to Lake Catholic. That's right. Uh, what was that birthday? I only told you the year. It was November 7th, 1979. 79. No looking it up. No, I'm thinking of how old he is. No, I know. That would make him 42 years old. Yeah, 42. Figured he probably played about 20 years ago then. Mm. So we're looking at, like, right after the expansion happened. Um, So, like, late 90s. Early 2000s. Yeah, Yeah, so I would have been, like, five or six and I don't know that team real well. Yeah, okay, I, so his his build, height, and weight was six foot two, three hundred and nine pounds. Ooh. Oh, it's a big boy. So big, big boy. Didn't we have a player on there? Joe Thomas? Not Joe Thomas. No, because Joe Thomas is not from Ohio. And oh. that would have been before his time. Oh, okay. 
It's not my dad, Hank Fraley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chark's not here. Sorry. <laughs> um, get better soon, Chark. Okay, let's uh, let's add some more stuff into the mix. Are you ready? Yes, give us All more. All right, he was selected in round two with the 44th overall pick in the 2002 NFL draft out of the Ohio State. Ooh. Oh, man. This, you know, if it was a, a, a modern was generation player, by the Browns. like that. But. Oh, it was not by the not Browns. Not by, by the, the Browns. Browns. Uh, so he was Let's traded see. to the Browns, or either, or he signed with the Browns as a free agent? Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how transactions work. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Second rounder from Cleveland, Ohio State. Second round. I'm pretty sure we're all stumped still. Wait, wait, wait. Rabisky? It is not Brian Rabisky because uh, he was not drafted by the Browns. I know. Oh, uh, not funny. drafted by the Browns. I feel like if you give us a team that he was drafted by, we might get it. So. Okay, so he played from 2002 to 2005 with the New Orleans Saints. Ugh. <laughs> After his final season, he left the team saying he'd rather sit out the season than play for them again. Mm. Played for he, he said that about the Saints. The Saints, correct. Played for the Saints. Sounds like a solid character guy, typical of Ohio uh, State. Okay. Hey, no no taking shots in there, Mr. <laughs> Michigan man. <laughs> can we just give can we like bestow the nickname like Michigan Man on him? I don't know if I want that to be my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> That's now officially your nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I thought uh, Son of Hank Fraley was going to be your nickname. Yeah, yeah. I, that, should be, yeah. that should be your Twitter it, handle, by the way. It's the whole thing all put together. Michigan man, <laughs> Son of Hank Fraley. <laughs> um, okay, draft it. So, so he, here, er, everything together. Six foot two, 309 pounds, went to Ohio State, drafted in the second round by the New Orleans Saints before coming to the Browns as a free agent in 2006. So are we talking about like a D lineman here, like a nose guard or something? Oh, He's an offensive lineman. Offensive, offensive lineman. lineman. Okay. Not Joe Thomas. So early 2000s. 2002, so that's when that would have been the national championship team. Okay, yeah. now we're getting somewhere. So we're looking at the national championship team. Yeah, we're looking at so the. Oh. 06, 07 is when he played. When he's on the Browns roster. Right. 06, 07. I said oh. those words carefully on the Browns roster. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, 07 was the team where we almost made the playoffs if the Colts had beaten the Titans. Yeah, last almost decent year mm-hmm. for a while. That was a 10 month season, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Keep in mind, I didn't say play for. Yeah, yeah he, he was just on the roster. That makes it even harder. I know. This is was he a coach at that point? He was not on the coach. He was on the roster. So, on the player. Roster. Practice squad, maybe. I don't know. Uh, active. Mm. No, man, I got roster. nothing for you. Offensive lineman. I got nothing. Four, three, two, one. This is kind of a trick question because he never played a single down for the team because oh. he tore his patellar tendon on the first play of 11-on-11 training camp. Then he ended up getting a staph infection. It is the one, the only, the Charles Bentley. The Charles Bentley. That's a savage Oh, one. that was savage. That, okay, I, last week I didn't regret not getting it. This week I do regret getting it. I don't know how that name did not that come was sa- That was savage. Yeah, right. that, Mr. Mr. T. That was a good deep cut. 
That is a very good uh, because he was a random Cleveland Brown, but he never played for the I team. I like that you chose too. He's a Buckeye. He's a Brown. We have all the reasons that we should have. He's gotten from that Cleveland, right? Too. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. actually from Cleveland. Oh. Cleveland athlete from Cleveland. All right. Well, how, how you know? I don't stick that bit of information in my head to remember, like because he didn't play for the Browns. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's the part that threw me off is that he never actually played. He was on the roster. Talk so. about one of the guys that was like super hyped up too. I mean, yeah. He was ranked as the top free agent in that class. Yeah, yeah, that was, got huge, him. that was a huge free agent signing. That We were all very excited about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, they swapped out Jeff Fain for LaCharles Bentley. Right, <laughs> right. Jeff Fain went down to New Orleans. And, and this is why I don't have a problem with uh, Miles Garrett and, you know, not practicing right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just would hate so to see something like that happening. This What a great start to the miscellaneous section. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had Penguins announcer Mike Lang retiring last week. He's not dead. We've resurrected Mike Lange. <laughs> he, he has risen. Yes. He is no longer passed away. And we have another announcer, Cle- our very own Tony Brown, the Cleveland Monsters broadcaster. He got the James H. Ellery Memorial Award for uh, how great of a broadcaster he is for the Monsters. Groovy. Yeah, yes. He does a great job. I'm happy for James. He is well earned. Yep. I love or Tony, sorry. Yeah, Tony. Tony won the James Award, not James won the Tony Award. Okay. Yes. I, I'm happy for myself, too. I think I do a fantastic <laughs> job. Very much a award. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we were talking about soccer. Jeez, my chair does not want to stay up. Um, talk about going off the rails. Welcome to hour two. <laughs> um, Soccer, we're talking about, you're talking about the U.S. Women's National Team yeah, coming to co- Cleveland September 16th. Yeah, against Paraguay. Paraguay. Um, Paraguay, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, it's a good chance for, for people to go out and, <laughs> and see the U.S. Women's National Team. I, I know that they didn't exactly perform up to expectations in the Olympics, but they are still World Cup champions. Yep. Um, so it is a big deal. And it, it, to me, as a soccer fan, Anytime that major soccer is being played at First Energy Stadium is a plus. Um, they've played, the U.S. men's national team has played there multiple times in the past, and we had great turnout. There was great energy there. Um, I don't know why that Cleveland isn't selected for these bigger tournaments like yeah. the CONCACAF Gold Cup or the Nations League. I would love to see I'm pretty one sure. of those competitions yeah. come to Cleveland. I'm so. pretty sure CONCACAF was here in Cleveland like a year or two ago. Yeah, it, I might be wrong on that. I'm, I don't recall if it was that. I, I know that the last time that they played, it was a friendly. Um, but, yeah, I, I would love to see First Energy Stadium get consideration for when the World Cup makes it yeah. to America. They um, had CONCACAF. Yeah, Cleveland will host. You. It says in 2017, CONCACAF. Uh, Group B round robin. Okay, so we got a group stage match of the CONCACAF yes. World Cup, which, okay, yeah, you know, it's not, it's it's the most major tournament that we play in that isn't called the World Cup. Yeah, but it's still not that major of a tournament. Let's be honest. So we've established that Cleveland most likely isn't going to get an NHL team. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. No. Do you think Cleveland could ever get an MLS team? Also, no. No, I don't. Yeah, no. I, I think MLS is already, they've already reached a point now where they, they have so many teams for a, a major soccer league. Yeah. When you look at the major soccer leagues internationally, it, they're usually 20 teams, you know, and I, I don't know what the number is up to now, but it's like every other year we've had an expansion team. I don't see them expanding much further 
because if they continue to, they're going to diminish the product a lot. I mean, they just put a team in Cincinnati not too long ago. Right. Yeah. And, and once and once Columbus got Columbus. An, once Columbus got an NHL team and Cincinnati got the expansion MLS team, that's when I decided, okay, we're not getting either one of those yeah. sports in Cleveland. Yep, I agree. Um, hockey, maybe in the future. I don't know. Never going to happen. Maybe if there's a move, maybe if a team wants out of a certain city or if something fell yeah. through. The only way that would happen is if the Blue Jackets moved up to Cleveland. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that, that but I don't like see that happening. I don't either. I think Columbus is a great market for yeah. hockey. They actually do pretty well that down there. So. Have you been to a Blue Jackets game? I haven't. I haven't been to a Blue Jackets game in Columbus. I have seen them play in Pittsburgh. I've seen them play in Columbus at Nationwide. Mm-hmm. That cannon is amazing. All about the cannon, are you? Yeah, but don't sit. I've heard, do not sit directly underneath the cannon. You will lose your hearing. (laughs) I got a cannon for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Visual games, great for the radio. I know. Great radio content. I'm glad it was only your arm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you got a quiz? We're really already out of time. We're we're pretty much out of time. We can get to it next week. It's fine. So anybody have a pet peeve? Peeves, yeah, I had one. Oh, people, pe- people who take preseason football too seriously. That's a good one. Hit the brakes, people. I mean, you've got people on Facebook that are like, it, like say their team's rival lost the first game. They're posting that they're 0-1 in the preseason. It's just like, get, get a life, people. <laughs> I mean, the only two teams to ever go 0-16, Cleveland and Detroit, both went uh, undefeated in the preseason. Yay! So that right there is enough to say, Throw the records out the window. It's never going to matter. As much as you want these games to matter, they don't. It's great that we're watching football and we're all having fun, but give it a rest, people. If your team is winning, we don't care. Got to put it in perspective, right? Because it does matter, but it's it matters in the sense that you want to have depth. You know, you want to sure. have good third, fourth, sure. third players. But they're, they're, this isn't the starting team. This isn't right. where you talk about your win-loss yeah. record. Right. You know, it's, I totally it's about did we all stay healthy and did some of our young guys look like they're going to be good fits. Those right. Are the things that you want I'm to see going to the preseason game on Sunday against the Giants. Uh, yeah. And, and when I watch preseason game, that's what I look for. Are our draft picks playing well? Are our free agent acquisitions playing well? Um, are people staying healthy? Those are the things that I root for. I don't care if we lose 100 to nothing. It, it yeah. does not matter. It, I, I'm looking for uh, making sure nobody gets hurt and do the rookies look like they belong. That's pretty yep. much it. So pretty much same page there. Yeah. yeah. So we are just about out of time here on So What's the Catch? Catch us every Wednesday from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock on All Sports Cleveland. But until next week, we are out. And Shirk Berserk going to take us out. Okay. We got the church freestyle. You're in the berserk box being a hard worker. We got James. Guess what? He knows all the names.